From Harvest Time, Face Center Church in Vidalia, Georgia, this is the Face Center Broadcast. Prepare your hearts to receive the powerful Word of God from the dynamic teaching ministry of Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. And now, let's join the Faith Center with Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. And my life is better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, our text, it says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You may be seated. For this week, we're going to be dealing with the subject, how to make a successful comeback. How to make a successful comeback. Our text here uh, uh, before us this week is about being an overcomer. Uh, someone who has the power to make it back from a devastating situation. Uh, though they may have some setbacks, they will have a comeback. Look at your neighbor say, I'm on a comeback. Now for this week here, for this week here, um, my running definition, and I'll give this every night because I know every night there'll be new people uh, that is going to come in, but I'm going to give you my definition of what a comeback is for those of you who are writing. A comeback is... Uh, a spiritual process of being restored back to or beyond a previous position, posture, or privilege lost because of adversity. I'm going to say it again. A comeback. It's a spiritual process, spiritual process of being restored back to or beyond a previous position, posture, or privilege lost because of adversity. I forgot uh, for you to get it. So come back. And see, uh, how many of you want to win in life? How many, how many, no, how many people in here for real wants to be winners in life? Now, those who do not want to be, a win, do want to be winners are those who are satisfied where they're at. And me, I'm not satisfied. I'm content but not satisfied where I'm at. All right, so... To walk in any truth, there are four things required because we have to walk in any truth. There's four things required for you to walk in any truth. Number one, I need a revelation. I need a revelation. Now, revelation is the comprehension at the level of your understanding. A revelation is the comprehension at the level of your understanding. So I need a revelation about how I can make a comeback after I've had a devastating adversary, adversary in my life. Then number two, I need a role model. I need to have somebody I can look at who lived that truth out as a role model. Somebody I can see who had a devastating setback and then I watch what, how they processed themselves to get out of their setback into a victory of the place where God wanted them to be at. So I need me for, number one, I need what? Revelation. Number two, I need what? A role model. Then number three, I need a regiment of faith. A regiment of faith. Now, when we talk about a regiment of faith, I need, the, I need something that's going to build my faith up. I need what it is I need to do to build my faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I need the word of God 
uh, the words that God has given me in order to process me through the situation that I have found myself. In other words, I have to see what did God say about my situation to build my faith up so that I can walk through the situation that I find myself in. Because there's no sense in grumbling or complaining because tears have never changed your situation. Tears had never done it. So I need, I need to get in faith and believe God for what it is that I need to do. Because remember now, the text says, our text says, whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh our world, even our faith. And so I understand that I need faith to get back. Look at your neighbor and say, you need faith, need faith. to get back. Yeah. And then number four, I need a righteous resolve. A righteous resolve. In other words, I need a righteous reason why I, I want to walk in that place of the comeback or that truth. I need a righteous reason. In other words, I, I cannot want to walk, uh, have a comeback because I seen somebody else come back and I want to be like them. I, I want to come back because I want God to get the glory out of my comeback. Because all of us have failed in life. Amen. And <laughs> so, it is the will of God for me to come back in life. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 37. Because see, the whole Bible is about making a comeback. The whole, Bi the whole Bible is about man's comeback. Man, remember in Genesis, man fell away from God. And so the whole Bible is about man coming back, coming back to God. Psalms 37. And so I understand that God is not against me in my comeback. And I know everybody in here, one way or another, you've had some devastating things happen in your life. And some of the things you have learned just to tolerate it. Amen. I want to get you out of that mode that you just tolerate the life you live in. Show you how to make a comeback. Show you how to feel good about yourself. Show you the plan of God for your life so that you can walk in a place where when people look at you, they can say, they got it going on. Amen, amen. Are you there? In Psalms 37, look at verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And so the Bible says, my steps can be ordered by God. Now, God is never going to order me to go in a direction that he don't want me to go. So, but, but I have to first understand that, get to a place to where, how, how, did, I, how did I get here? How did I get to this place of the setback? See, some of you are in a setback right now. Like I said, like I said you, you, you may be in a place that you are in denial, but your denial does not change where you really are. Amen, amen. So, um, a comeback in your life has to be the will of God for you in your comeback. And like I said, uh, you, you can't want a comeback, a comeback so that you can mess it up again. You have to want a comeback because you want to please God. That's why I tell, I tell you know, like this, everybody, you can look to your left or right. And can't nobody throw no stone at nobody because everybody had their setbacks. All of us had to come back from something. 
It was devastating. But you came back. And see, I want, this week I'm going to talk about some, 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 how you can come back in certain situations. Like you can have a comeback in your marriage. See, because some of you all are just tolerating your, your, your spouse. You're just tolerating them. You, you, you know, you done lost all of that. You just there. I'm just here, you know, tolerating, you know, because they said to death do us part. And then you want to try to kill them to get up out of it. When that's not God's best. No, no, you, you know, you, you know, just tolerating somebody, you know, you know. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't nothing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about me and Tina this week. You know, I can talk about our marriage and everything, you know, how, uh, you know, how we got to where we're at. But it's not because we didn't have no setbacks. Right. I'm putting all our business out there. I'm going to talk about me and everything so y'all can't get mad at me. But I'm going to show you how, how we are in the place where we're at now that we love each other. Right. And that we, ha- we are committed to each other. And it's not because we didn't have no adversity. So, when, so y'all, you know, y'all, I want y'all, I want y'all to hang out, you know, just stay with me and everything. You, you, I don't, you know, hear me, much love, much. I, I don't care about folk talking about me. Amen. So after I share everything and you go and you say, oh, have mercy, they doing bad over there. No, we doing real good. No, we, we doing real good. Matter, matter of fact, before, before we came to church, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, see, y'all mad. See, y'all mad's a mess. See, they mad's mess up. They ain't let me finish my sentence, see. They did not let me finish my sentence. Yeah. No, so we know we're doing all right. But I'm just going to show you. Because remember, you need, to, you need a role model. You need somebody who had been through an adverse situation and made a comeback. And we're we going we gonna, we gonna to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about financial comeback because some of you all are struggling. You don't know how to make comeback financially. When it is the will of God for you to make a comeback. Everybody say make a comeback. Make a comeback. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how, you make, how do I make a financial, a financial comeback because God is not just committed to you going to heaven. God is committed to you making it down here on earth. Because how can I believe God for heaven? when I can't get God to do nothing for me right now. And I ain't never seen heaven. I'm just going on what the books say. Many people, you know, saints, they believe, I'm going to heaven every year. You're going to heaven, but how come you can't believe God for your life right now? Then we're going to talk about uh, spiritual setbacks. Spiritual setbacks, because some of you have spiritual setbacks. That's why you don't pray. That's why you don't study the word of God. Amen. That's why you're not committed to righteousness because you've had a setback. Yeah, I know, you know, it's, it's, it's because sometimes it's because of church folk. But we're we going to deal with them. How, how, why you took setbacks? And then it could be because of you. It could be because of you. But we're going we're gonna to deal with that this week also. And then the one, two nights we're going to deal with, probably starting tomorrow night, I'm going to deal with how to overcome emotional setbacks. I'm going to do that two nights there. 
Because the reason why some people are in, the, in a devastating state is because they have experienced an emotional devastation and they don't know how to come back from it. How they've been hurt by other church folk. And they let other church folk drag them down. And they don't know how to make a comeback. Amen, amen, amen. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so you know, this series, this series this week, I, I just came here to fire you up. Amen. I, I just came to fire you up so you can want to make a comeback. Everybody say comeback. comeback. Look at your neighbor says comeback time. You got to make a comeback. You got to make a comeback. Got to make a comeback. You got to get tired of where you're at. You got to get tired of the naysayers. You have to show all them that was that's laughing at you. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. And so scripture is clear. You're gonna have setbacks in life. It's very clear. Turn to me in your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. See, when you got saved, salvation never gave you permission not to have a setback. Second Peter chapter one. Are you there? Watch this, he says, in verse five it says, and, and, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity verse 8 for if these things be in you and abound they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ but everybody say but but, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins in other words, you got amnesia. Wherefore, rather, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall what? Never fall. In other words, Peter says that I can live a life that I won't fall. I'm going to deal with uh, on Friday how even though the, Peter says this, that God knew that we could not commit to what Peter said, so he gave us a provision in Scripture. He, he gave us a provision in Scripture because he, he knew they ain't going to keep what Peter say. I got to give John something else to tell them because I know they ain't going to do what Peter said. So watch this now. He says, he says, for so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be neglected to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. In other words, Peter said, I already know you know this, but I have to remind you because saints have to be reminded who they are. Because sometimes we forget. In other words, we let setbacks cause us to forget who we are in Jesus. Because you think your setback define who you are as a person. And it really doesn't. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. See, y'all want to play me. All right. Turn from your Bibles to, uh, turn your Bible to 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9. I'm just, I'm just going to reference this right here. Right here, 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1 9. You know, we, we, can, we can all confess it and everything. Because remember, you know, God knew we, we knew, you know we weren't going to do that. 
So he gave us provisions. See, Christians get trapped. You got it? Because they don't know what the words say about them. All right, are you there? He says, if we confess our what? Sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? And so there is a need to have a comeback. That's a need to have a comeback. Come on, come back. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to come back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share some stuff with y'all this week. I don't care about you talking about us. When it comes to and I ain't, my wife will tell you, I don't care about food type talking about me. I don't, I don't put my business out there. Four reasons challenges come to you. Four reasons why you have challenges in life. Four reasons. Four reasons. Number one, human error. Human error. That's why you, that's, that's, that's why you have challenges. Human error. In other words, you're going to make a mistake. Sad, sad thing about it is that saints don't want you to make some, but they can make some all the time. <clears throat> Human error. Number two, through satanic attack. In other words, Satan attacked me, therefore I have a challenge in life. And I have to be able to distinguish be, between me doing something and it being Satan's fault. Because sometimes Satan will have you in a place to where he'll convince you it is your fault because something is happening in your life that he's responsible for. All right. Number, number, what number, number, number three, the challenges of the time will cause you to have setbacks. Remember the life of Elijah. Elijah, Elijah, man, Elijah was a bad prophet now. Elijah was a bad prophet he prophesying, he on Mount Carmel, he prophesying to, you know, to them. He's laughing at the prophets of Baal and everything. Oh, you know, you know, he laid back and then he, fire came down from heaven and everything. Jezebel, he had this great move of God. Then he started running. A man running from a woman. <laughs> After that right there, then a drought came. Wasn't his fault that he ain't had nothing to eat. God fed him, but then God set him up for comeback. Widow of Zarephath, because God had two people he had to move on. And the, the woman obeyed the prophet. God blew them up. Everybody else was without. So when you're on your comeback journey, it does not matter what everybody else is doing. You do what you're supposed to do. On your comeback. Yeah, folk gonna laugh at you. I'm gonna get, I'm getting them. Yeah, folk gonna laugh at you. They, they gonna, yeah, they gonna laugh at you. But you have to stay focused on what it is that you're doing in your comeback. And then number four, the call of God on your life will cause challenges. We see that with the apostle Paul. Because Paul wasn't having no problems in his life until the call of God came on his life. To kill him. <clears throat> Paul said this right here. It was God's fault that this happened. He goes to the third heaven. He comes back and it says, Paul, he says, because of the abundance of the revelation that was given to me. That's an important word, given. A messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. I went to God three times and God told me my grace is sufficient. 
Watch this, what Paul says. Paul says, I found out something. I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, there are sometimes things going to happen in your life because of the call. Because of the call. The call brings conflict. You can't be a preacher if you're worried about getting along with everybody. You cannot be a pastor wanting to please everybody. You have to walk in the place of the call and the vision God gave you. So challenges of life is part of it. All right, turn through your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4. Costly mistakes on my part can cause me to have setbacks. See, I, I need to have a mentality of a winner. See, that's what you have. You have, you have to, hey, I'm a winner. Yeah, I'm a winner. See, winning in life has to be your focus. Winning in life, no, you, you have to focus. Winning doesn't happen just because you want to win. You have to put forth purposeful effort. It's just like <clears throat> from when I was 10 years old to all the way to, to college in military, I ran track and field. I went to college for track and everything. You know, I could want to win all I want to, but if I don't put forth effort, I don't win. And there's a lot of people who want to win in life that do not want to put forth purposeful effort to win. They think things are just going to happen. Things do not happen. They don't just happen. You have to make it happen. If you want to do, if you want to be different, do different. Oh, yeah, in Galatians chapter. Why tell y'all to go? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, understand this. Understand this. A lesson that is not learned is going to be repeated. See, if you ain't learned from your mistake last time, you're going to repeat it again. You, you're going to repeat. You know, you got to learn from it. You know? I, I, that's all, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell. I'm, 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 trust me, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna open our house and everything, and let and let you know some of the devastating moments we've had. I'm, you know this. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let y'all know. I'm gonna let y'all know. So just hold up. It's not gonna be. That I got to lay the foundation tonight to help you to understand that there are times in your life that you have to learn from your mistakes. Verse eleven. Not that I speak in respect to want, for I have learned, everybody say learn. learn. In whatever state I am, therewith to be what? Content. content. To be content. Now, I, contentment does not mean that I have to be pleased. It's like this right here. I'm broke. No, this is just an example. I'm broke. You got it? No. Contentment says this right here is that, all right, I understand this is where I'm at right here. I'm broke. I'm not going to go rob somebody in order to become or to have me something. Because that's foolishness. 
My contentment is, is that I understand this. I'm in this state. Now what you going to do about it? It's like this right here. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Everybody say sneak preview. It's just like, it's just like with, 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 uh, with uh, Pastor Tina and I, when we, we first got started 30 years ago, uh, you know, it was, what it, <laughs> it was what it was, you understand? You know, I got saved, you know, I got saved and I got upset with her. I said, Lord, I got to put up with her. No, she, I ain't never see her read the Bible or nothing like that. She want to read them novels and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at her and I'm mad at God. But God had to teach me something in that. That there. He had to teach me how to be in a place where I have to do something about it. If you don't like the state that you're in, what are you doing about it? What you doing? All right? So, turn to me your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6 because when I'm in a state that uh, I'm, I don't want to be in, God always will raise up somebody to help me. There is somebody, I, I was telling this right here, that God will raise up somebody somewhere to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me in my time of need. I'm coming back. Yeah, I made a mistake. So what? You did too. Amen. But I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming back. And when I come back, when you see me come back, see, folk will laugh at you when you're down, but you just keep pushing and come on back. Just keep on rising, keep on falling. I'm going to show you what a committed. See, the, when you get committed to God, there is nothing God won't give you. Amen. When you're committed to him. Amen. He'll give you everything, everything that he wants you to have and then give you some of the things you want. Because some, we, we, if we just be honest, some things we want, we, you know, ain't no sense in us. Amen. Because, you know, some folks, you know, they, they want the wrong thing. You know, they be want, folk be want somebody else's wife and somebody else's husband. No, they don't want the wrong thing, you know. They expect God to give God break them up so I can have them. Yeah, some foolishness like that. Yeah, just foolishness. That's, you know, stuff like that. God break them up so I can get them. And see, and see you, and you, and you know, you, you just looking at exterior stuff. Cause they, just because they look like they acting right in public don't mean when they get home they're going to be acting right. Amen, amen, amen. All right, all right. No, God, God raised up somebody to help you. God raised up somebody to help you. God raised up somebody to help you. No, so, so, because sometimes you need somebody in your life that's going to get in your face and tell you, look, what you're doing ain't right. See, I have divorced myself of people. I, I divorced myself of people because folk, you know, you can, folk can't threaten me. Come on, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave harvest time. Oh, that dough you came in. <laughs> No, folk, folk, folk done left harvest time before. Folk done left before. Ain't me, but you don't leave. What? No, I ain't. No. 
No, I don't, you know, I don't get, I don't get, I don't get caught, caught, up, uh, caught up in that stuff. I, 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 love, I love my members here and everything, but you know, they come and say, you know, they're going to leave. I'm, I ain't chasing you down. You, because, you know, folk coming to you say, you know, God sent me here. So my thing is that I ain't tell you to come. No, no, you understand? No, 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 that's what they do. No, I ain't, tell, I ain't, tell, you, I ain't tell you to come. I ain't tell you to come. To you told me God sent you. And now you're telling me God told you to go. So I ain't got nothing to say. Well, I mean. All right, are y'all in Galatians chapter 6? Come on, time, my time. Okay. I got I to wait. Galatians chapter 6. All right, okay, watch this right here. Look at verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not what? Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth of the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, and he that soweth of the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us be not weary in what? Well doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Oh, you know what? I, I read the wrong scripture, wrong text. I, I want to talk about God raising folk up. Y'all got me all ahead of myself and everything. That's, that's all right. We're going to get that. Look at verse 1 of Galatians 6. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are what? Spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In other words, when somebody have a setback, I have to be careful how I deal with them because their setback can cause me to have a setback. Have to be careful how you deal with them. That's why, that's why I tell people this right here. It don't matter what folk do to me, seeing as long as they repent, who am I to hold it against them? So I have, I have to be in a place right that I understand that God could have raised me up to help them. Because one day I'm going to have a setback Amen. and I may need them to help me. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know, you, you got, you got, to, you got to be in a place. You know, people, the, I mean, the Bible is full of people who had to have comebacks. I mean, it's full of, look, Joseph, for instance. Joseph had to have a comeback. You know, Joseph sold into slavery and everything. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he goes and, and uh, he becomes the servant of Potiphar, right? Governor Potiphar. And, and uh, Potiphar's wife liked him. And she, Potiphar's wife tried to trade. She wanted to give him some. That's right. Amen. She wanted, oh, it's all the dust in here. No, I'm just trying to tell y'all how it is, you know. No, she tried to give it to him. Right? And because he's a righteous man of God, he ran from her. Yes, he then she fabricated a lie. Yes, Throwed him in prison. Yes. You got it? And while he was in the prison, he met two men. Mm -hmm. He said, when y'all get for the king, y'all remember me. And guess what? They forgot about him too. <laughs> but he had a comeback. Because where man won't help you, where man forget about you, God never will. God, God never will. He'll never forget about you. Because he's on my side. He's my partner in my comeback. Hunt your neighbor and say, God is my partner in my comeback. Remember Peter. Peter, Peter had a setback that he had to have a comeback. He told Jesus, I'll never deny you. 
Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Peter said, ain't going to never happen. Ain't going to come out of my mouth. Then, then, then y'all know the story. Then they stopped when they brought Jesus in, you know, to court and everything. They said, Peter, like what? Peter got so upset. He started cussing. He started cussing folk out, you know. <laughs> he started cussing folk out. <laughs> you, you know how you can get sometimes, some of y'all get sometimes when you get up under pressure. When things are not going your way, you go back to your pre-Jesus days. When, you, when somebody get in your face, you cuss them out. Got your pre-Jesus days. No, you can't. No, no, no. I'm going to show y'all how you, you never go back to your pre-Jesus days. How you can handle situations. And you never let them control you. You know how to act up under every pressure you find yourself in. And so Peter, he goes, and Peter, he, he going to cuss some folk out and everything. No, you know, I ain't, you know, I ain't doing all that, you know. And so Jesus dies. Raised from the dead. First thing he said, where Peter at? But he told him, he said, before he died, he said, now Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you. But he said, when you come after your setback, on your comeback, strengthen your brothers. In other words, Peter, I know you're going to be an apostle of mine, but you're going to have something that's going to set you back. But I'm going to bring you back. Strengthen your brothers. And see, that's why, that's why it is that you can never get to the place. And then the greatest comeback was Jesus. Hung on the cross. They thought, the devil thought they got rid of him. Put him in a borrowed tomb. In other words, when you borrow something, that means you're going to give it back. They put him in a borrowed tomb because he was going to have the greatest comeback of all time. In three days, they go to the tomb and the greatest comeback of all time, he showed up. In other words, he was raised from the dead. And I'm telling you, God is committed to our comeback. So I come back. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. Everybody shout out to me. Don't quit. Don't quit. It's comeback time. Come yeah, you can't quit. Can't quit. Marriage could be on the rocks. You don't quit. I'm going to teach you how to have a comeback. Finance could be messed up. Don't quit. Comeback time. Your emotions could be all messed up. You're about to go crazy. Don't quit. Show you how to have a, I'm going to show you how to have a comeback. It's devastating right now. But when Friday get here, you're going to say, I'm ready for my comeback. Are you there? We read it earlier. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that's we also weep. For he that soweth of the flesh shall of the flesh reap in corruption. He that soweth of the spirit shall of the spirit Reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in what? Well doing. For in what? Due season. In other words, I can't give up. I cannot become weary on my way back. I have to, I have to be strong. I have to stay to it. I have to have this stick to on my way back. I may be walking by myself and everybody on the sideline laughing at me saying they ain't going to make it. But I'm hanging in there. I see the prize of my comeback. And every step I make, God is talking to me, son, you can make it. 
I know it's hard for you. The burden is heavy. They're talking about you laughing. But I'm going to make them cry when you get to your comeback. See, folk are jealous of you because they never wanted you to make it. <laughs> All right, I ain't going to cry. Turn with me to Psalms 51 because in Psalms 51, David's comeback is, is documented well. David understood the power of repentance in his comeback. He understood it. Psalms 51, are you there? Verse 1 says, starting at verse 1 through 7, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. You don't see that? For I acknowledge my transgression. See, the wrong with a lot of people is that they do not acknowledge that they've done something wrong. I, if I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me, in other words, as long as you're in your overthrow, your sin is going to always be in front of you. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, Thou desires truth in the inward parts. In other words, God desired me to be truthful with myself. Truthful with myself. Inner parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. In other words, God departs who I am on the inside of me or who I am in my spirit. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. David made a comeback, but everybody in the Bible didn't make a comeback. Everybody, in Joshua chapter 7, you ain't got to turn it, you write it down. Achan did not make a comeback. Achan sinned because God gave instruction, because anytime God gives an instruction, he waits for obedience to take place. The problem with people is, is that in the church is that they do not know how to follow a divine instruction. And any time a divine instruction is given and you do not obey it, then the consequences of your disobedience you must go through. Now notice now, the instruction that God gave, he did not give it to Achan, he gave it to Joshua. It's a pattern there. He gave it to Joshua. Because God does not talk to everybody. See, I'm, I'm, I'm messing up. If God gave the instruction to everybody, why would he need a leader? The vision instruction is always given to one man in order for him to share what God said to the people so they can follow what God said through that one man. Because God is not talking to everybody. So Achan... Joshua give the instruction, when we go in Joshua, Jericho, you can't take nothing because it's a first fruit to God. And everything there belongs to God. Can't take nothing. Achan seen, I said, man, I can't let all this money get away from me. We're going to burn up all this money and everything. So what Achan does, he devises a plan. Achan goes and he take him some, dig a hole under his tent and put the money there. Put his tent on top of it, thought he was getting away with something. Joshua then go to battle, get the brakes beat off of him. Joshua come back crying, oh God, you know, y'all know how you do and everything, oh God, because see, 
you do not have to be in disobedience to suffer the consequences of somebody else's disobedience. It is because of your association with them that you will experience it. Oh, y'all working me too hard tonight. Just first night, y'all working me real hard. Okay, so, 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 so what he does, right, is that he plans, and then God told him, tell him, he said, stand up, John, what you doing crying for? You got sin in the camp. What? Sin in the camp. He said, go search out everybody. Now watch this right here. This is what get everybody in Aiken missed it. Because they had to go check everybody out. Which gave Aiken a time to repent. And he didn't. See, God always give you a space for you to repent, to get out of your foolishness before he embarrass you. He always do that. He give you a space of repentance. And then once you do not take the instruction, he embarrass you. What happened to him, Achan? More than Achan died, his whole family died. Gehazi did not have a comeback. Y'all remember Gehazi, Elijah's prophet? Go to Naaman. Naaman had leprosy. Go to him, he said, dip seven times. He wanted to give the prophet something. I said, no, 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 no. It's not this time. Because he did not want Naaman to think he could be bought or the gift of God could be paid for. He said, no, no, no. So he go home, Gehazi go with it. But Gehazi, on his way there, you know, the devil messed with him, said, man, he gave up all that money. You can go get that money. You go get that money. Watch this. He goes, he said, my master, he told a lie. My master said, you know, he changed his mind. He want me to get the money. He give it to him, and he go back, and watch this. He gets that before he says, the prophet says to him, man, what have you done done? He said, the leprosy that was on Naaman is on you, watch this now, your whole family, through all generations. In other words, the sin you commit does not just affect you. It affects the folk that's close to you too. Amen, amen, amen. All right, I got to hurry up now. I'm, I'm going with my clock, Captain. I ain't going with y'all clock. I'm going with my clock. I'm going with my clock. Yeah, that's all right with y'all. I'm going with my clock. See, postponing repentance is nothing to play with. Turn, turn, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to get you out of there. I'm, 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 I'm almost finished. I got a few more things to say. Why, why do people postpone repentance? It's a strategy of the devil. The devil strategizes to get you to a place, right, to where you postpone it. In other words, I'm the only one who know. No, God know too. Amen. There is no such thing as nobody know. God knows. The Bible says about God, God says, I know your thoughts from afar off. In other words, God know what you're going to think before you think it. Every act of disobedience first must be processed through your thoughts. That's why the devil tried to take over the thinking. Are you there? What tell you I go? Look at verse 11. Say, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his what? Of his devices. And so the Bible here lets us know, right, that Satan, he's in a place, right, to where he tries to take advantage of us. 
And uh, church folk act like they ignorant of what, what the devil do. It amazes me. It just, it just amazes me. Now, <clears throat> I, I ain't looking at nobody. I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not looking at no. I'm looking at Tina because, you know, I know this one. I'm looking at her, you know. It amazes me how a person, a woman, gets in a relationship with a man. You got it. And uh, she... He runs that game on her, that verbal game on her. And then uh, she fall for it. And then uh, she start taking care of him. Start doing what? Take care of him. And uh, didn't I watch, this? That watch this now, watch this now, watch this now. Be quiet, Bishop. Hold on, let me do this now. <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this. They, 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 they they start taking care of them. Then they come to their senses, then they, they quit them. Now watch this. Then they meet another man. Run the same game. Then she take care of him. Boy, he's showing the right network. Now some everybody say something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. Yeah, see, I ain't I ain't, I ain't look. <laughs> in other words, no, I'm, I'm not talking about a woman in the street. I'm talking about a woman in church. Because women in church take care of men, too. I just told them that last Sunday. They take, they take care of men, too. They take care of men. I'm talking about this whole week, I'm talking about church folk. I ain't talking about them folk out there in the world. You got it? I, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Tina again. If you're not married to him, and he's laying up with you, you taking care of him. In every way. No, uh, he paid a water bill. Well, you just a prostitute then. Oh, just that simple. Got a whole lot of truth in the church. You're in a setback position. And you have discounted the power of the Holy Spirit who is able to move you from one place to another. If you just listen. How do people let four ways... How people let the devil distract them. Number one, they are deceived that an alternate plan other than God's will work. They're deceived that God's plan won't work. I got another plan. That's just, that's just, like, that's just like with the tithe. That's just like with the tithe. Folk won't tithe because they think that they have a better plan. I won't give this 10 right here because I can use this for something else. How in the world can I live better off a of 90 than I can a 100? Satan will deceive you. Because you have to understand this. Every time you take something from God, the tithe, you have lost something yourself. And uh, I don't know about you. I need to hear from God. Watch this. The most devastating thing in the church is this. A man who God does not hear. That's the most devastating thing in the church. And especially if he is the pastor. That's devastating. That is why people wonder why, you know, I, I give her everything. I just let her have everything. Because I'm working a principle. The Bible says for me to dwell with her according to knowledge that my prayers be not hindered. So I have to treat her like my queen. I don't care what, I don't care what everybody else saying all that. I don't care about that. Me, God, and her, no. There's reasons behind that. I get it. She can have everything. Every, everything. Everything. 
You got it. You got everything. Because I'm working a principle because to me the most devastating thing is, is for me a pastor to be in a place where God don't hear me. And he said that if I do not treat her according to knowledge, dwell with her according to knowledge, he don't hear me. And there's a lot of men in church, God ain't even listening to them. Because they don't know how to treat their wife. The second devastating thing is, it's the woman who tries to usurp authority over her husband. That's another devastating thing because she thinks that she is ahead and she has gotten in a place that God has not called her to. And once you get out of place, God still don't hear you. Uh, <laughs> so, so you think you got a plan that works. Number two, he discouraged you through persecution. In other words, things, he started persecuting you through uh, a, a, a persecution start happening. Your folk start talking about you and all that stuff like that. You, oh, you, you fall apart because, you, you know, ain't nobody calling you no more. Ain't nobody doing the things they used to do because so you fall apart. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody like me. Man, please. You need to look in the mirror and like you. If nobody, you need, you need to look in the mirror and like you. Amen. If nobody else celebrates you, you better celebrate yourself. The, the devil will have you in the dark working on your mind, get you in a depressed. If it's anybody in here that you love being in a dark room, something's wrong with you. That's the place of depression. Amen. In the dark room, it's the place of the satanic voice. You by yourself in the dark room because you can't you, nobody like me. I don't, don't nobody take me somewhere. Well, get some money and go there yourself. I ain't got nobody, I ain't got nobody take me to the movies. But well, go to the movies yourself. Pay for your own meal. You don't need, no, don't need nobody. Amen. Do, do it yourself. You, you're in a place, right, that you know, you, you think what you are is based upon what other people do and say for you. You an idiot. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, say the word. Number three, I got to hurry up. God recovers, recovery plan will hurt your reputation. God's recovery plan for you will hurt your reputation. In other words, on your way, come, when you get ready to say, when you make up your mind, you're going to make a comeback. Satan say, all right, you do that right, your reputation is going to be hurt. You got to tell him what reputation. I ain't got no reputation. I'm dead. You mean reputation? How you, you know, you just don't know, I, I got a lot to lose. You do have a lot to lose. A lot to lose. Your reputation, you know. I have to do, do what I do because, I, you know, I, I had a reputation of a pretty boy. I got to stay pretty boy in the church so the girls would like me. I got, you know, I lose my reputation. I got, you know, I got to do what I have to do. And Satan just, and Satan just, and Satan just, just rides you. Say so you do that, you do, you do what Doc tells you do, and they teach you the word. You know, uh, you know, they ain't gonna work. You know, the folk ain't gonna like you. See, until you divorce yourself from people, you can never walk in the place God wants you to walk at. You got to divorce yourself of them. What number I'm on? Number four, um, by people who could help you but don't. See, because, see, you can be, you know, you help, you know, somebody going through something, you can help them and everything, and see, then, then your time come, and then they don't help you. And then Satan start messing with you. See, you wasted all your time and money and effort and everything, you gave it to them. Look, look at them, look at them, just look at them. You, you in need right now, and they ain't even helping you. 
They, 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 they ain't help. They don't help you right there. So, you know, you just might as well close up your bowels of compassion and everything and don't ever help nobody. When you see somebody else in need, don't help them because when you in need, ain't nobody help you. Satan worked you. Because you're in a place, you're in a place that you do not know how to distinguish the voices. Because with all of us, all the time, somebody is talking to us. And Jesus says, my sheep, they ain't no mine. And they don't obey another. Let me give you a pattern of a comeback. Luke, Luke 15, Luke 15 gives us a pattern of the comeback, the prodigal son. Prodigal son gives us, gives us uh, the pattern of the comeback. Number one, he came to himself. Y'all know the story. He came to himself. That, see, that's the beginning of the comeback. You got to come to yourself. He's down in the hog pen, and he remembers and he came to himself. Because, see, you can get so low that if you don't hear the voice of God, you're going to stay there. Amen. The people who have came through the church, followed through the church, and they had a setback, and they still in their setback for years because they never came to themselves. The second thing he done is that he talked to himself. See, you have to encourage yourself. He said, I'll go to my father's house. Because my servants live better there. See, you have to be in a place, sometimes you have to, you have to talk yourself out of a situation. Amen. Sitting at home, listening to all the voices. How come you, you listen to everybody's voice but yours? You talk your way out of it. He talked to himself. The third thing that he done, that he settled within himself. Because, see, it's going to cost you something to come back going to cost you something. He got settled within himself and said, I'm going to go back. Even though I may not have the position I left with, but I'm still going back. I'm going back. And see, we're on your way back. Folk may not think you're serious. Amen. But you got to let them know I'm serious. And on your way back, see, you got to get rid of your boyfriends and your girlfriends. You got to get rid of all of them. You can't bring them back. You got to come back by yourself. Right. See, some, see some, some people in church, right, see, they, they tried to hold on to that baggage thinking they're going to save them on their way back. No, you got to let them go, honey. You got to let them go. You got to tell them, you know, don't call me no more. Oh, baby, I love you. That's all right. They found somebody who loved me better than you. And then he's you know, trying to, try to, you know, say all of this stuff to you and say, no, 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 no. What used to work don't work anymore because before I was listening to you in my flesh. But now the spirit is talking. In other words, I'm listening to another voice because I'm on my, I'm on my comeback. The fourth thing he done is that he presented himself. He presented himself to the Father, not expecting to be where he left off. He presented himself there. If you go, if you go in the story, if you notice, the Father was looking for his return. In other words, in your setback time, God know you're going to have a comeback. He's looking for you because he knows 
the devastation that you're going to go through when you're thinking you're having fun. The boy was down in the hog pen. He was eating with the animals. Spent up all his money on the gals and booze. He said, I got to have a comeback. <laughs> you got to come back. And then number five, he humbled himself. In other words, the father welcomed him back as a son as he made his comeback. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you do. Right. When you're settled in your heart that I'm coming back to God, he's not going to turn you back. He's going to always be there to welcome you in to what it is that he called you to do. I'm, I'm getting ready to close because I'm giving you seven steps to a comeback journey. Seven steps. Seven steps to a comeback journey. Seven steps. Number one, you have to have the desire to come back. You have to have the desire. A desire to come back to God. Number two, you have to make a decision. Because I can have a desire, and if I don't make a decision to move, then I just have a desire. A move. Then number three, I must have determination. In other words, it does not matter what comes up. I'm determined to get back to the place that I left. I want it back. Then number four, I have to have discipline. Because if I don't have a disciplined life, then I'm still going to be messed up. And see, that's what's wrong with a lot of people. They don't have discipline in their life. They don't, they don't have discipline, and they don't want discipline. And then number five is discovery. In other words, I have to discover the power of God in my situation, that God is powerful enough to give me the strength to make it. I can endure under pressure because I'm an endurer. He gives it to me. And then I have to have, there has to be diligence. I have to work at it over and over again. I can never get tired of the process. And see, when I, I'm going to deal with you all with the process. How do, how do I go through, how do I work the process that God wants me to go through this thing? Because, see, I don't have to live a devastating life. People looking at me, I'm struggling, barely making it in every area of my life. I don't have to live like that. I could have me a comeback. And then number seven, development. You make your comeback. And I'm telling you, you can be successful in your comeback. Now, I don't know where you're at tonight on, on this journey, but I'm telling you that it doesn't matter where you are. You can come back. Amen? Amen. Everybody shout come back. come back. Come on, say it's comeback time. It's come, back time. come on, give God a hand of praise. I'm out of time.